I'm not sure if you saw this yesterday, but Saskatchewan has introduced a bill that aims to unilaterally amend the Canadian Constitution to say the province has jurisdiction over its natural resources and to allow it to control or at least delineate more control of the development of non-renewable natural resources, forestry resources and electrical generation. Mitch McAdam is the director of Saskatchewan's constitutional law branch. He says the province has solid grounds to amend the Constitution. Of course, the federal government could challenge the uh, the bill in court, but we feel very confident that um, the province has the jurisdiction under Section 45 of the Constitution Act 1982 to unilaterally amend its own constitution. Now, if this sounds a bit familiar, it's because it's the same section Quebec relied on when it unilaterally changed the Constitution to make French its official language earlier last year, or earlier this year, rather. Now, the Act would set up a tribunal to determine the economic harms caused by the federal environmental federal environmental policies. We've been talking about that a lot over time. Certainly, opinion, or, opinion is divided, depending where you are. Uh, but here is what has some doing a little bit of head-scratching tonight. You see, the province really already has jurisdiction over natural resources, according to Section 92A, which stipulates that each province's legislature can enact laws related to exploring non-renewable resources and developing, conserving, and uh, managing non-renewable and forestry resources. So the opposition NDP in Saskatchewan is already criticizing the bill, saying it's essentially copy and pasting, copy and pasting what already exists in the Constitution. So how true is that? Well, joining me now is the Minister of Justice and Attorney General of Saskatchewan, Bronwyn Eyre. She's also the MLA for Saskatoon, Stonebridge, Dakota. Thanks for staying up late. Thanks for your time tonight. No issue at all. Thanks very much. Great to be here. So uh, I, I always, you know, I noticed your, your quotes yesterday. You said this is not about Fed bashing for kicks. Uh, so what is it about? What is it about? Well, it, it really is about um, standing up for what is in the Constitution. You, you already mentioned uh, Section 92, uh, 92A uh, of, the, of the Constitution already states that we have exclusive jurisdiction as a province uh, over natural resources and 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 other property and civil rights and, and others other other areas that the, the point is this isn't just symbolic we feel um, this has real legal weight to amend Saskatchewan's constitution as you said through section 45 of the Constitution Act uh, 1982 which does provide that a provincial legislature can unilaterally amend its own constitution as you said Quebec did it the Prime Minister said it was in the powers of provinces to do it in the bill, we're basically listing our, our core provincial powers, and, and we are going to refer then federal policies and, and regulation and legislation um, to an independent economic tribunal and really trump it to the country, to the federal government, to the courts, that that exclusive jurisdiction that is in Section 92 and Section 92A, that it means something. And, and we do feel that this will have a legal effect and, and weight in the future because findings of the tribunal will be legally admissible. Evidence of economic harm could form part of a reference to the Court of Appeal. It could buttress evidence for an interlocutory injunction. A crucial test for an interlocutory injunction is irreparable harm. So really this takes a stand for what constitutionally is called interjurisdictional immunity 
and and against the federal government using paramountcy, federal paramountcy, as a legal hammer, which basically knocks down provinces' jurisdiction every time they conflict. You know, the feds have exclusive jurisdiction, and the provinces have exclusive jurisdiction. This amends right. the Constitution to, to embed that in and, and make it more than symbolic, really part of our Constitution. I, I guess if, if, you, if we put it in layperson's terms, the real problem here is federal climate policies, right? I mean, that's, that's, the, that's what you're trying to address here. We saw it with the carbon tax. Obviously, the Supreme Court found differently on that one. Um, but this is really where the rubber hits the road for you, is it not? Well, it's it's many things. I mean, it is absolutely um, the carbon tax, and and certainly it's it's economically dishonest to suggest that carbon tax rebates somehow offset the totality of of what to Saskatchewan is an 111 billion dollar harm uh, from federal policies. Um, we'll talk about you know, those the, numbers. We'll talk about those numbers. Well, but yes, but go they, on. But I'm but sorry, ministry, interrupt. The, minist- the Ministry of Finance, you know, their Ministry of Finance numbers in Saskatchewan. But but let's also not forget, businesses don't get rebates. Those who don't file taxes don't get rebates. The federal government is withholding hundreds of millions of dollars from Sask Power in carbon tax, which it could use to invest in renewables and power security in the province. The, the federal parliamentary budget officer found this past January that the carbon tax has left at least 60% of Canadian households financially burdened, worse off, you know, including when the impact on the wider economy is added to the, into the equation and indirect costs are passed on by businesses. No surprise. But, but we, have, we have many other examples, Ben. I mean, the federal fuel standard carbon tax number two. That's, that's set to take effect next year, an impact of $700 million a year on both gas consumption and diesel consumption in Saskatchewan. That's just one set of regulations not offset by anything. Huge impact on retail, rail, the ag sector, trucking, manufacturing, and of course, heating your home and fueling your car. Or, and this is of, of huge importance to Saskatchewan, the clean electricity regulations, federal, no fossil fuel generated power by 2035, which, as right. South Power has said, is literally impossible in this province. That amounts to, to people freezing in the dark. It is incredible in terms of the impact, social and economic, that that, that set of regulations would have and, and, and others. That's what this is really right. about, is quantifying that economic harm. Right. I mean, I mean and of course, the economic harm can be debated. I mean, they, you know, Trevor Tome is quite a well-respected economist, basically called that $111 billion uh, incredibly weak. Uh, I think he pointed out there were some things left out. I mean, but I think everyone admits that that these climate policies are meant to do a certain amount of economic harm because they're meant to wean people off fossil fuel consumption. That's the whole point, right? Do you feel like in, in this sense that, that um, I mean, I was thinking the other day, if, you know, we see the Alberta Sovereignty Act, I don't mean to compare the two of them, but, but you know, I saw uh, Daniel Smith today post something on Twitter, we should show both of them side by side. And I thought, um, isn't that interesting as well? But, say, you know, say a province like BC, for instance, and this is just hypothetical, but say a province like BC said, you know, we don't, we're not going to take any more fossil fuel train, you know, for, forget, forget uh, transporting fossil fuels across our territories, they're going to damage, you know, climate change will damage our coastline, it's valuable, so forth. I just sometimes I wonder where... Where, where this all ends up. I mean, I think we can talk seriously about provinces' concerns over the environment, over climate change policies, uh, but it feels like sometimes these are sort of pushing them with a lot of pretty incendiary language over the kinds of losses you're looking at. I'm just not sure $111 billion really adds up. 
Well, I mean, first of all, I would love to, to talk to that economist and debate him number by number. I mean, this is Ministry of Finance number. A Ministry of Finance generated yeah. number in the province of Saskatchewan. And if you can say it's incredibly weak, I've heard it's oh, be because didn't. it's offset yes. by carbon tax rebates. And, and, and so yeah. I, I think that that is the extent of the argument. It is that right. it's offset by carbon tax rebates. And if we in the province of Saskatchewan can't trust the Ministry of Finance, then we have a major problem. I mean, this sure. is not a political spin number. And as I say, if we talk about economic harm, and we talk about the fact that Saskatoon, where I, where I come from, which I represent, mm-hmm. is powered by the Queen Elizabeth Natural Gas Power Station. And we talk about 2035, no fossil fuel generated power in the province of Saskatchewan. That is a major problem. We have signaled that we are moving to SMRs. We have um, signaled that we are committed to wind and increasing solar and the rest of it. But we so you feel like you're doing cannot your part, right? transition that quickly mm-hmm. by 2035. So it is an so- economic discussion. And I, I do feel I have yet to see a counter, a real economic counter, other than that saying that num- those numbers are weak and there are carbon tax rebates. It is far deeper and far more damaging than that. And, um, yeah. and, so, and, and, I, and I think that, 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 that we have to be on. We talk about, you know, Quebec, as you referenced in your opening, right. sure. they did Section 45. They unilaterally amended. You know, Mr. Singh, as we know, has said, you know, only Quebec can unilaterally amend. But, but, but when the West does it, and a province as Saskatchewan raises these issues, suddenly it's destructive to the Federation. And I think that's partly where yeah. we're coming from, that we are, we are tired of the double standard, and we are tired of the contempt to ordinary people and workers and their livelihoods that some of these, these policies represent. And there is an economic harm. I think we all have to be clear on that. The federal government has admitted there's oh, economic absolutely. harm to things such absolutely. as the federal fuel standard. But, how, there... but which, which, in which federation... Do you see economic harm perpetrated on just well, one region? On just one region? We were talking about this a bit earlier, and I know you were the Minister of Energy previously, so you knew all these, these files inside out. Um, do you think you, you're not, you, that these concerns have not been listened to? Because I think a lot of people outside of, you know, outside the prairie sometimes think, oh, it's just, you know, it's the usual Fed bashing, right? I mean, you, you addressed it right away yesterday for obvious reasons. Um, do you feel like you've not, your concerns have not been listened to, that people don't, really don't understand the sort of um, pain this will inflict specifically on a province like Saskatchewan? Yes, I, 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 we do. And, and as I said yesterday, I mean, it isn't about Fed bashing just for kicks. It's really just about asserting um, our, our exclusive jurisdiction as the federal government has exclusive jurisdiction, our exclusive jurisdiction over, over natural resources. And you can say, well, that's already there. Uh, but I think the question then is, it hasn't really helped that it's there because the federal government has continued to roll out programs and policies and regulations, carbon tax, federal fuel standard, clean electricity regulations. Now they're signaling fertilizer mandates, uh, the rest. All of these things are, under the law, unconstitutional, under Section 92A, and, and as we've seen, Quebec has unilaterally amended its constitution to deal with things that relate to Quebec. The, premier, the Prime Minister has referenced that provinces 
can do this, that it's within their power to do this. So we we feel that we have um, obviously worked very, very hard to create an investment climate in Saskatchewan that is successful, that is bucking um, recession and challenges that other jurisdictions are facing. And, and that we want to protect what we've achieved economically. We've worked hard to foster it. And it's not as if we haven't worked with the federal government. I, I always raise the issue of, of methane. We have methane equivalency, an agreement with the federal government on methane. We've reduced methane by 50%. We were called out, congratulated by Minister Gilbo last December. Very little known, almost not reported. Uh, congratulated publicly for our efforts. Had nothing to do with the federal government. Had to do with our own efforts. And, right. and yet they don't share their data with us. They don't share their data with us. They acknowledge that we've reduced methane by 50% and then turn around and change the goalposts again. I think what this really has to do with, um, Ben, is is the notion of being part of a federation and, and really and questioning, is mm-hmm. it not patriotic to ask for a fair deal? You know, is it not fair to rely on the strict interpretation of the, of the division of powers under the Constitution and really ask that the federal government be an honorable partner? That, to me... It, means being Canadian. You, you, were a, you were a journalist, so this is an obvious question for you. Is it worth the money? I mean, obviously, this is going to end up in court. It feels like it's heading right to courts. And sometimes you think, well, the only people who are going to come out of this looking good are, are the lawyers, and no offense. But uh, do you think this is a fight worth paying for? Well, when we're dealing with one set of regulations alone, costing the province $700 million a year, and no rebate included. And I, I would like economists to weigh in on that one. I mean, sure. federal fuel standard. I'm I'll talking give them about. your number. I'll give about, them your number. I would <laughs> love to debate them on, on these numbers. Fe- federal fuel standard, $700 million alone, right there. Um, I think it's, it's worth the fight. And it's not, a, again, as if we relish the fight. It, it's about really doing everything we can to say we have Section 92, It's part of the constitution of this country. We're trying to assert this notion of interjurisdictional immunity. We're trying to assert what it means to have core powers. And and if need be, we will take numbers, quantified numbers from an independent economic tribunal and say, you know, you, 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 you need proof for an interlocutory injunction. Here it is. Irreparable harm is one of the tests. $700 $700 million. Or, or what about turning all the lights off in Saskatoon uh, because the, uh, the power plant that generates that power is, is fossil fuel generated? We're doing everything we can to, to transition. We've signaled SMR, small modular reactors. We are doing everything we can. But it is literally impossible by 2035 to shut off the lights in the province of Saskatchewan. I think if you quantify that, and as social harm, as economic harm, and you say to a court, you know, look, we really do have these powers under the Constitution, remember that, and here's the harm that this represents, isn't that being part of the Federation? Isn't that honoring what's already in the Constitution and and really paying attention to what provinces have in their jurisdictions under the Constitution? I, I don't see that as very radical. I see it as embedding what's already there. And, and really standing up for what can benefit the country, 
that's what really right. this is about. I imagine I imagine at some point it'll be up to a court to decide. Bronwyn Ayer, thank you so much for your time tonight. I appreciate it. Great pleasure. Thanks so much, Ben.